listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you've prepared hearts. And that there's incredible freedom that comes this morning. Where we have maybe been bound up in our own hearts, in our own lives, that there is freedom this morning. That there's a newness that springs forth this morning in Jesus' name. And just healing, Father. Healing. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to talk from almost along the same lines as the kind of flow that we've been going in of um, where we talked about worrying about nothing and praying about everything and then we talked about hope not losing our hope and uh, so I'm going to kind of talk along that same lines but but a little bit differently Um, so I'm going to start in Psalms 119 and I'm just going to pull a verse out from from um, Psalms 119 and I'm going to go to verse 28 and it says I weep with sorrow encourage me by your word the word of God Dave McGrew talked about it last week the word of God brings encouragement and it says keep me from lying to myself give me the privilege of knowing your instruction I find that verse interesting because, first of all, it talks about... You can turn the house lights on, please. I, um, it talks about the Word of God, and it says, keep me from lying to myself. The, the Word of God, when you are in the Word of God, like uh, David had said, it is truth. And so whenever there are lies within yourself, the Word of God reveals them and brings truth. But what I want to point out is that he says in this, he goes, keep me from lying to myself. Being that you can lie to yourself. Not everything that you think, not every conclusion that you would come to is truth. And we have to be really careful that we don't take things that we think as the gospel truth all the time. You know, you, you've ever had an, um, an encounter with somebody, you've talked to somebody, and you, you walk away and you're completely offended with them, and your mind has come, they said this, so they must have meant this, and this is how it been, and then you end up having a conversation with the person, and they're like, I didn't mean that at all, that's not what I said, and, and, and there was miscommunication, but in the moment when you took it, you took it as truth for yourself of they meant this when they said this. Anyone ever had that happen? You lie to yourself. And so there's lots of things that go on throughout the day, throughout our weeks, where we not always are telling ourselves the truth. And it's important for us to recognize that not everything you think is the truth. And so here in Psalms 119, he says, keep me from lying to myself. Okay, Psalm 73. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read this chapter. It says, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing 
my feet were slipping and I was almost gone. He said, I almost lost my way is what he's saying. For I envied the proud. This is how he lost his, almost lost his way. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. They are, uh, these fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil in their pride. They seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. He said, I began to envy others. Have you ever been in that place where you're like going through hard times and you look at other people and you're like, well, how come they get it so good? How come I'm going through what I'm going through? Well, first of all, you, you know nothing about what someone else is going through. But he says, I almost lost my way because I started to envy them. I started to look at my situation compared to their situation and I began to envy them. Okay, now look, then he goes, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I got nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. So then he starts saying, I've done everything right. Did I do all of these things for nothing? Did I live pure, live right, do all of these things for no reason at all? Ever been there? God, I followed your word. God, I said what you wanted me to say. I did what you wanted me to do. I've been keeping myself. I've been, I chose integrity. When that person came against me, I took the high road. I did all of the things and now look. Then he says, if I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. In other words, I didn't say what I was actually thinking out loud. I put it in my heart. If I, if I would have said it out loud, people would have known how angry I actually was at God. Because he says I would have betrayed them. I would have betrayed you to others. Then he says, so I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a dis difficult task it is. He goes, so then I, I tried to understand. I tried to understand the things that I was going through. I tried to understand. He says, but I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. It was difficult, too difficult. He goes, then, then I went to the sanctuary and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. So he went through this whole group of things of being angry, of being mad. He says he's losing his footing. He's almost gone. He's almost lost his way. He gets angry. Then he goes to the presence of God. And he goes, then I finally understood. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. 
In an instant they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at the silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then verse 21 he says, Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. So I'm going to show you that he went from losing his footing, losing his way. And he went through this whole process of things. This is how I lost it. Then I went to the presence of God and he changed my perspective. But then I realized what was really going on is my heart was bitter. And I was torn up inside. And he says, bitterness was causing me to lose my way. And so we can, we can talk about hope and we can talk about praying and, and not worrying about anything, but if there's bitterness in your heart, you lose your way. It stops you. And I felt like God wanted us to talk about bitterness today, but specifically bitterness towards him. You're like, oh, I'm not bitter at God. Okay. No. Okay. Have you ever thought that God is withheld from you? Or that a, a situation should have gone a certain way and it didn't, and you questioned yourself why and never came to a conclusion, but then you were never able to really trust him again in those areas. Or you've seen something happen to somebody else. And maybe your conclusion was, okay, God, you're God. I get it. You're God. You're God. You do what you do. But there's bitterness in our heart towards him. Why did I go through what I went through? Why those things? I don't understand. Or how come I chose the, how come I did all the things, God? I did it right. Sarah just pointed out that I say all the things all the time. I just said it again. <laughs> but, but I did everything right. I did what you asked me to do. I did, and, and, and things still happened. And without even seemingly knowing it, little bits of bitterness were deposited in your heart. And I thought that was so interesting. He says, but as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. And he says, then I realized I was bitter. I began to envy other people. I began to question things. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verse 15. So look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Another version says deceive you. 
Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau. Bitterness will always cause immorality. That no one is immoral or godless like Esau who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Esau and Jacob were twin brothers. And Esau was a hunter and he was out hunting and he, and he came back and his brother Jacob was cooking stew and Esau said to Jacob, give me a bowl of stew. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright or, or sell me your inheritance. I'll give you this bowl if you give me your inheritance. In those days, the firstborn son was the one that got the um, birthright. And so Esau said, oh, I'm going to die. He wasn't going to die. He was just hungry and overdramatic. And he said, I'm going to die. So yeah, you can have my birthright. And so he gives his birthright, says that he had contempt for it. He gives his birthright to Jacob. And, and their father is dying. And so Jacob dresses himself up um, in animal fur to trick his dad. His dad's blind. And so he goes to his dad and his dad feels him and he's hairy and he's like, that's, yeah, okay, you're Esau. And he blesses him and he gives him the birthright. And Esau finds out that his birthright is gone. And Esau becomes angry. And this verse is saying, be sure that you don't become bitter like Esau. And then he says, you know that afterward he wanted his father's blessing. But he was rejected. Bitterness and rejection go hand in hand. If you, if you are struggling with rejection, chances are there is a root of bitterness in your life. That says somehow, some way, because of who I am, because of who I'm not, God has withheld from me. God has rejected me in some area of my life. I wanted this. I hoped for this. It didn't come through. So therefore, I must not be accepted fully like God. And because of that bitterness in our heart, we live from rejection. Bitterness deceives you. Bitterness deceives you. It's exactly what the enemy would try to do. He will start talking to deceive you. Bitterness defiles you and defiles the people around you. Have you ever come in contact with a bitter person? Someone who's fully let bitterness grow. They're not easy to be around. It defiles you and it defiles many. So bitterness deceives, bitterness defiles, and bitterness depresses. It holds you back. Bitterness is always justified by the individual. You think you have a right to it. You think it's okay for you to be depressed or to be bitter. 
I want to show you in Genesis, just really quick. I'm just going to start in Genesis, in Genesis uh, chapter 3, verse 1, where Eve is in the garden. And everything's, everything's going great. They're running the garden, and it's a good time. And, and all of a sudden, she shows up. In verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild anim- of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And she said, Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. She's fine with this. This is what God said. And we're just eating from all the other trees. And of course we can, we can eat good fruit and everything's great. And then the serpent says to you, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and will be like God knowing both good and evil. Suddenly, he's revealing to her that, oh, God's withholding from you. There was actually more, and now God's withholding this from you. And look at this. This is how bitterness deceives. All of a sudden, verse 6, the woman was convinced. Do you see how in Psalms 119 we read, keep me from lying to myself. The woman was convinced... She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. She became deceived. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. She became defiled and then so did he. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Suddenly, in their heart, something happened. Because they became deceived, because suddenly, some way, God's withholding from me How can we trust God if we think he's withholding from us? Let's just look. I'm just going to go to... um, I don't know where I'm going. Where's my... I'm just going to head to Genesis really quickly, um, Genesis 27, and this is Esau, this is Esau and Jacob. And, and Esau, in this moment, his father's about to pass away, Jacob has been given the blessing. And Esau is pleading with his father. He says, but do you only have one blessing? Father, bless me. And finally, his father says this to him, you will live away from the richness of the earth and away from the dew of the heaven above. 
you will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But then he says, but when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. But when you decide to break free from this, And then in verse 41, it says, from this time on, Esau hated Jacob because their father had given Jacob the blessing and Esau began to scheme. I will soon be warning my, mourning my father's death and then I will kill my brother. Sounds bitter to me. But Esau, this was the blessing. This was the blessing that Esau or that Isaac, his father gave Esau when you decide. To break free from this. When you decide to let the bitterness go, you will shake the yoke from your neck. You, that heavy thing that you carry all throughout your life, when you decide to break free from it, I want to go to one more story here in Second Chronicles. I want to show you how subtle this can happen. This is a story, a story of Asa or Asa or well, we'll say Asa because you guys will laugh if I keep saying Asa. So. This was a king. And a prophet of the Lord shows up to speak to him. He hasn't been king for very long. And he says, listen to me, Asa. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. Wow. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. For a long time, Israel without, was without a true God, without a priest to teach him and without a law to instruct him. But whenever they were in trouble and they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and they sought him, they found him. During those dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Nation fought against nation and city against city for God was troubling them with every kind of problem. But as for you... Be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. When Asa heard this message from the prophet, he took courage and removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin in the towns he had captured in the hill country. So he went to work. He just started cleaning things up, and he says, I, I, I'm going to take courage. I'm going to follow the Lord. And the Bible says he did, that he was faithful to God all the days of his life. It says he brought... He brought into the temple of God the silver and the gold and the various items that he and his father had dedicated and they brought it to the temple. And then the, the last verse of uh, chapter 15, verse 19, it says, so there was no more war until the 35th year of Esau's reign. Then we go to chapter 16, it says, and in the 36th year, 
of Esau's reign. So the next year, King Basha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory. So there is an invasion that takes place on the area that King Asa is over. There's an invasion. No one can get in and no one can get out. And this is sudden. For 35 years, they didn't really have anything happen. All of a sudden, there's an invasion that takes place. And so King Asa immediately, it says, responds. This is how he responds. By removing the silver and gold from the treasuries of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. And he sends it to the king Benadad from Aram, a different king, who was ruling in Damascus along with, this, along with this message. He says, let there be a treaty between you and me like the one between your father and my father. See, I am sending you silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Basha of Israel, the one who's attacking him, so that he will leave me alone. And so that king receives the silver and gold and he says, yes, absolutely. I will now partner with you. And then the other king who was attacking uh, King Asa finds out and he's like, okay, I'll back away. I, I'm, I'm out. Sounds good, right? But then a prophet shows up in verse 7 and says, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram, instead of the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. He says, you went and got yourself protection, but I had a bigger plan. And my bigger plan was that it would be destroyed, that they would never come again, that you wouldn't even need protection from them. That was the big plan. He says, but now you've missed your chance because you didn't trust in me. And he says, don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and, and the Libyans and their vast army with all of their chariots and, charite and charioteers? At that time, you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. Literally, a couple chapters earlier, they're, the, the, um, they're coming after him and he, um, King Asa throws up his hands and just says, Lord, I need help. And God delivered him. And so God's reminded, he says, don't you remember? That at, the, at that time when you trusted in me, I took care of it. And he says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Which shows me that there were already places in his heart that wasn't committed to him. That had already begun to turn. Because it was before us. So is all he did. He, all he knew was trusting God. And now suddenly there have been things along the way. He says, what a fool you've been. From now on you will be at war. And then this is how it ends. It says, in the 39th year, a couple years later, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians.
something had happened in his heart, in his life. I don't know if it was just the surprise of being attacked and he thought, why? I don't know. But little by little, there'd been a place in his heart that suddenly he began to trust in other things or trust in himself. And even when it came to a place where he couldn't even walk anymore, he still didn't turn to God, was it? He was angry. He became bitter. And I, I think it's, I think it's kind of interesting and I'm not saying that this is any great revelation. But the psalm that we began in, in Psalm 73, said, I almost lost my footing. Almost lost my way. And here we look at this king. Who has ending his life with a foot disease. He can't even walk. And even in the middle of it, he's still not turning towards God. look at my own life and, and, and think about what places in my own heart and in my own life have I, without even knowing it, believed or lied to myself that for whatever reason, maybe God was withholding from me or he withheld from me, or I couldn't understand why things happened or turned out the way that they did. And just little bits allowed the enemy to speak to it and became bitter in my own heart towards God. Not in all the areas, but some. And I came to encourage us today to say, we gotta deal with that today. Sometimes we don't get to know all of the answers. I've lost both both of my parents to, to diseases. And I think our human mind always wants to know why. Did they do something? Did they do something wrong? Did they? And this is where my mind had to go. Did, did I blame God in the middle of it somehow? Did I somehow come to some sort of conclusion? 
And I was up really early this morning. <laughs> so was Wayne. We were texting each other. <laughs> and these were some of the things that I was thinking about. Did I somehow, and I, I came to the conclusion that, yeah, I did. And it's so deceptive. It's so little. Because I can say God is good, and I believe it, I do. But recognizing that in the middle of it, God is good. But recognizing that there had been some lies in my own heart that said, if I don't get it right, I don't know why. I don't know why they died. But that lie is rooted in God will withhold from you. And that is contrary to what the Word of God says. Because the Word of God says that by His stripes you were healed. That healing, healing was for you, so it was already something he gave. So sometimes in the, in the course of life, we try to make sense of the things that happen. And the enemy gets his way in there and he begins to speak deceptive things until we become convinced... That somehow, some way, in some little fragment, somehow that God must have rejected me or them or something. And I became bitter in bits and places of my heart. And he says in Psalm 73. I almost lost my footing. He even starts it out with, God is good. But as for me, I was headed somewhere, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something started to happen and I, I was really struggling and I was trying to keep it and I wonder if there's anyone here that feels the exact same way I was going, but all of a sudden, I have had a really hard go of it. I keep trying to move forward, but I'm struggling moving forward and it seems like something keeps holding me back. Could it be that there's a lie in your own heart and in your own life that says God has withheld from me or I didn't do everything right? or other people get better than I do. God loves them, but must something's wrong with me. Or this is my lot in life. I don't know. I don't know. And for some, you haven't said it. Just like he said in Psalm 73, he said, I, I kept these things in my heart. I didn't say them out loud. God help me if I said that I'm angry at God. I just kept I just kept going on saying God is faithful. Amen. God is good. Amen. I just praise the Lord. I'm good. Praise the Lord. 
all while inside of your heart, bitterness was taking root. Then in Psalm 73, he says, you all got to remember Psalm 73. I've said that enough. He says, but then I went into the sanctuary of God. And I finally understood. I got a new perspective. Verse 23 says, yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Who who have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. I just want to read in, I just want to read the beginning of this in the message. No doubt about it. God is good. Good to good people. Good to the good hearted. That's how it starts. No doubt about it. He's good. But I nearly missed it. I missed seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way. I nearly missed it. The bitterness was causing him not to be able to see clearly that even when there was goodness in front of him, it had tainted the way that he saw. Good things would come, but I'm still rejected. Good things would happen, but you've seen it through different glasses, bitter. And I just felt like when I was praying this morning for you all, I felt like even before you got here, God was already ministering to you. If there were some of you who were like, why are these memories or these thoughts coming up? I have, that was me. I was praying for you. <laughs> that he was already preparing places in your heart or even now as you're sitting here is like oh my gosh I didn't even recognize that this was going on in my heart in my life but that God was wanting to heal those places in your life the places where you made conclusions the places in your life where 
where you felt like God was withholding from you. That's caused you not to be able to see clearly. That's caused you not to be able to walk on in your life. That's held you back in in areas of your life. That's caused you to be hopeless to feel hopeless like I I, I, try to, I try to grab hope that's caused depression in your life so Holy Spirit I just pray for every person here like the psalm says keep me from lying to myself where any place in my heart and in our lives where we have allowed the enemy to deceive us or where we've deceived ourselves and bitterness has gotten in Reveal it to us, Holy Spirit. And Father, you withhold no good thing. Forgive us. Forgive us for thinking that. Forgive us for the places where we've kept bitterness in our hearts that caused us not to see your goodness clearly. And God, I ask for every person here that their perspective shifts. That as you root out that bitterness, as you root out those lies, that there's a perspective shift that happens. Where suddenly we can see clearly now that that bitterness that has clouded our eyes that suddenly we can see the hand of God. Father, I thank you that there's healing, like a healing bomb, just, God, sometimes those places in our heart are raw and they hurt to even visit or look at again. But yet we can feel it in this moment, you wanting to go to those places. I thank you that there's safety in your presence, God. But that there is healing right now
God, thank you that you're not offended. You're not offended. You don't get hurt. You don't turn your back on us. You just desire to heal. You just desire to restore hope. You just desire to strengthen your people. And so, Father, as you're dealing with bitterness right now, that any root of rejection that has taken root because of it, that that gets uprooted too. And that they see clearly in this moment how called, how accepted, how loved, how cared for they are. That it doesn't matter what they did, what they've done, how far they've walked, how much they've messed up, that you've called them and you love them and they're accepted. You have not turned your back on them. Let them see it, God. And I thank you, Father, that where the questions were, that if the answers don't come, (laughs) that there's peace that settles in, that there's understanding that settles in, and a strengthening to grab a hold of the goodness of God. And I thank you, Father, that it's washing over this place right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And just like Isaac said to Esau, once you decide, once you decide to get rid of this thing, Esau, you will shake that yoke, that thing that's been depressing you, that thing that's been holding you down. You will shake that thing off of your neck. And so I just declare right now in the name of Jesus that there is freedom. Father, that people will walk out of here feeling lighter, feeling as though the weight of things, the weight of the world is being lifted off of their shoulders right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing and what you've done. And I thank you that you continue, Holy Spirit, that as they go about their day and their week, in the name of Jesus, as more things come up, as more things are revealed, that it is healed in Jesus' name, that they surrender it to you, and that it's healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.